0: Welcome to the Intended Blessing Podcast,
1: hosted by William and Emily Stanton.
0: This podcast is intended to be a blessing to its viewers,
1: as we focus on the blessings God intended in theology, marriages, and everyday life.
0: We pray this podcast honors the Lord, edifies the saints, and causes some laughs along the way.
1: So let's get to it.
0: Welcome, welcome. So, well, what is our topic for today?:
1: We'll be talking about our story and discussing marital roles, how we first met, our first year in marriage, um, leadership roles, lack of leading, submitting, lack of submitting, and where we have gone from here. So do you want to tell me about our first year <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about our story? <laughs> yeah, I can that?
0: share with everybody our story. Okay. <laughs> okay, so Will and I met on August 30th, 2019, at the mailboxes at college in Wisconsin. Um, he first came up and was just asking me my friend some questions. He shared his story with us. I was really surprised at his upfront honesty of um, just the good work the Lord has done in his life. Um We hung out for the first time. eh. Well,
1: can I? Yeah. Yeah, I want to add in different parts. Um, So when I first met Emma, it was all the freshmen were there. And I was a senior at the time. And Emma and her best friend, Martina, were at the mailboxes. And I was going around and meeting different new people. And I ended up talking with Emma and Martina for a really long time. And we ended up sitting down, and I told them my testimony of how I came to the college and asked them about where they had come from. And I got to know them as friends, but um, we didn't really talk after that much. You can go on from there.
0: Mm -hmm. No. Okay. So, um, yeah, so the first time we hung out was either October 10th or 11th. I can't remember. We went on a camping trip about an hour and a half to two hours from our college um and at the camping trip I got in a four-wheeling accident and hurt my right foot so I couldn't drive so Will ended up driving my jeep for me and my other two friends were in the back and that whole weekend I just had to sit up front with this guy and talk with him and even though I didn't know it I was slowly falling in love (laughs) um anyways oh good
1: Emma uh was super friendly with me all the times throughout (laughs) college she was always waving and saying hi, Will, when I was walking in the hallways. And I always thought she liked me because of that. And then she seemed like she was inviting me to go to this thing that um, that they were having, the camping trip. So I thought I was getting invited because she wanted me to be there with her, but she was just inviting anybody and everybody. <laughs> but when I did go and I did spend time with her, She was paying more attention to me, and when we drove back, Emma asked me to drive the car home (laughs) um, back to the college after camping and stuff, and I was driving up front. Emma sat in the passenger seat and showed me probably every family photo that she had on her phone and explained to me (laughs) who they were.
0: And this is not like me at all. I'm not a very open person. Here's my life. (laughs)
1: And she just dumped it all on me. And I thought for sure she liked me, um, but she wasn't giving clear signs anywhere else. But um, so, yeah, that was kind of our first fundamentals of getting to know one another, just me and her, you know, because the previous one was with her friends. But this was just me and her talking for a long time. <laughs>
0: um, so, yeah. And then on. So that was October 10th or 11th, the first time we hung out. Then on October 31st, he asked me out to Mountaintop, um, which is a coffee shop near our college that I absolutely loved going to, and I really liked chai there. So this was Halloween night. We walked there. It was the first snow storm thing of the year that so far. Um, and yeah, it was, I remember I was not expecting, okay, well, I got a little bit of heads up from somebody else that he was going to tell me. That he had feelings for me. My phone just died. No, I didn't. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but, um... Um... Sorry. Anyways. So, at Matt on Top, we talked for... Probably small talk for like an hour and a half. And then for the next four hours, we talked really seriously. Um, he told me up front that he had feelings for me. Um, and that he had intentions of pursuing me further. Um... He was so kind and he laid out all of his feelings, but he didn't put any pressure for an answer. Um, He just said, I want to let you know where I'm at. You don't have to respond. And that was so freeing for me as a girl to not feel like I had to give him a response. Okay, anyways, so then he shared with me his testimony and this man was extremely honest with me.
1: So I wasn't exactly planning on telling her every detail of my testimony when we were there. I had several guys talk to me and tell me, don't tell her your entire testimony on your first date. Um, But me and Emma, Emma had the idea of, let's ask 20 questions. So then she asked one question. I asked a small question, something like, have you ever been out of the country? And then Emma asked me something about, like past relationships. And instead of being vague without any context, I just unloaded everything. And I felt confident in doing so because um, I didn't want to hide anything going into a relationship. I wanted to be up front and I wanted just to be honest completely. Um, and I just trusted the Lord in that. Because when I was praying um, beforehand about going to meet up with Emma and go on a date, um, I just didn't want to put on a facade. I didn't want to fake anything. I wanted her to know exactly who I was. Um, but I don't know. I wasn't really sure whether or not to give her the whole rundown, but I did. And instead of Emma shutting down, she just stayed engaged and kept nodding and
0: um, <laughs> I didn't know what to say <laughs> we would love to give our testimony sometime in the future maybe yeah next podcast or something but
1: yeah but yeah so it went really good and <clears throat> she didn't she really enjoyed talking to me and then I could tell that she enjoyed talking to me even more when we got back and I was in such a high and excitement that Emma liked me back and never told me no. She told me, let's just be friends, verbally. <laughs> but yeah, I, mean,
0: I said, let's just be friends. And then we got back to the college and there was a school campus event going on. And I watched him going around to do dozens of people, including our professors, and like tapping them and pointing at me and with a jumping face on. And I left. I was so embarrassed.
1: She told me verbally that... We were just friends, but And then I needed to think about it. Yeah, but everything else her body language, her smiles, the way she looked at me <laughs> did not say friends at all. I had full one hundred percent assurance that we were boyfriend and girlfriend at that time. Um but she um hadn't quite made up her mind. <laughs> but I, I just He made tell, it up for yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> I just could I could tell by the way she was talking to me that you know, it seemed like this was, you know, this is the real deal. Okay.
0: So jumping back to Mountain top really quick, because I had one more thought I want to share there. Mm-hmm. Um, So Will shared his testimony in great detail with me. Um And he was very honest about a lot of things that people usually share when they're like engaged and gonna be married. <laughs> and I did not know whether or not I wanted to um, enter into a relationship with him, but I had such mad respect for him for being so honest with me that, and so I also had respect for just the growth that the Lord has done in him that I, for that reason, told him that I would commit to not seeing anybody else and that I would not, um, go on any other dates until I had come to a decision with him. So fast forward like 10 days, (laughs) it's November 10th and well, Will calls my dad the night before. Or maybe, no, it was that day, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he called my dad that day and asked my dad if he could um, court me. Um, mm-hmm. Neither of us knew what courting meant, but <laughs> we heard that's the more biblical way to do it. Right. But um, yeah, so and yeah. And at that
1: time, that was something that Emma wanted me to do. She wanted me to talk to her dad to ask her per- his permission as to whether or not I could date his daughter. And at the time, it didn't really make sense in my mind From the context and background that I grew up in. So I kind of just did it for the appeasement and the blessing for Emma just to be able to go to her dad. But now that I've grown in the word and better understand um, the authorities of the family and everything, I'm very glad that things Mm -hmm. went the way they did.
0: I didn't even know that. That's cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I didn't want to call your dad.
0: (laughs) But I'm super glad I did. (laughs) You wanted something new. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so November 10th, he asked, oh yeah, I forgot about this part. He asked me to be his girlfriend, and so maybe I can share this in a different podcast sometime, but without going into too much detail for y'all, um, I was very much so, I think what they would call like a stoic, I was very serious. I went to college thinking I'm not going to be in a relationship. I was, so looking back, I definitely could tell that I had feelings for Will, but i was very much so like um any type of affection is lust so stay away from any type of affection so i was very like very slow to coming around to being affectionate in any way verbal emotional anyway with will um and so he said um i just wanted to ask if you would want to be my girlfriend and my response with a very serious face was yes but as long as you know this doesn't mean I do <laughs> and he was like okay and then he gave me a bouquet of flowers and a card and with a poem in it and it was the sweetest thing ever but I wasn't the kindest I guess
1: yeah she was going through emotions and yeah yeah you know, just thinking about a lot and I remember I was like I had all this stuff in the other room and I hadn't got given with flowers and the way she was talking I just didn't know whether or not to give it to her because she was just so serious serious and confused and i ended up just i got you a gift and she really appreciated it but
0: yeah -hmm. and that was from like two and a half years ago or so and i still have a dried out flower from that bouquet so you know (laughs) i appreciated it okay so then so that was november 10th he asked me to be his girlfriend of 2019 and then for Christmas break, he came home with me, and he met my family. Um, uh, We don't really need to go into detail on that unless you have anything specific you want to add.
1: Um, I feel like
0: anything in that area would have to go into more detail. Mm-hmm. The time.
1: Yeah, I I got to know her family a whole lot more and um, stayed at their house. I think I slept in the basement then.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. And her parents own a... Uh, pregnancy crisis center and counseling they, do,
0: center, yeah. Yeah,
1: they do a lot of um, biblical counseling as well so I was able to see their ministry and get to know their family a whole lot more and um, so it was a huge blessing being able to do that oh
0: I could say that yeah so the first so Will is only at my house for like a week over Christmas break because he needed to get back to college for work Um, but during that time, it was the first time my dad and Will went out to lunch by themselves. They went to Tim Hortons and we went, my mom and I went there to pick them up to go to my family Christmas party. And when I got there, they had their Bibles open to Proverbs 31 and I sat down and mind you, this is only like a month after I agreed to start dating Will. I still was not very (laughs) sure on anything I was very confused still and my dad and Will are talking about marriage
1: yeah he was talking about what kind of ring to get her
0: yep and Will asked me what kind of ring would you want and I started crying I was so scared and so confused and I'm like I just graduated high school a couple months ago (laughs) but okay so anyways um he went back to college and then in February, Will ended up moving out to New York because he had graduated in December.
1: Yeah, so I graduated and I didn't have anywhere to stay at the college, but Emma was going to the college. So I ended up getting an apartment with an old roommate from college and I stayed with him and it wasn't a good environment and it was just very passive and... um very complacent and very nominal Christian and just bumming around doing a whole lot of nothing. Um, And Emma's parents offered if I were able to, if I wanted to, I could come live in the, um, with them um, in their basement at the pregnancy crisis center. They'd call choices. But also
0: not to go into detail at this time, but Mm -hmm. there was some stuff that the needed to be worked on because that's going to play into the future part of our story so
1: mm-hmm.
0: there is some some reasons to head out to new york to be discipled mm-hmm. right
1: me. yeah i mean we could talk about it now
0: let's just talk about it a different time because it's going to be a longer thing so
1: no let's talk about it now okay go ahead um
0: <laughs> i'll let you explain it then
1: so yeah when yeah i guess the thing that we're t- walking around is just a part of my testimony Um, that we're not being clear on because we feel like it might have too much to say. Um, but I would, the reason that I moved out was because I was still struggling with pornography. Um, struggling wouldn't really be the word I was, I was, I was in the wrong and I was telling Emma about it because I did not want to lie about it in a relationship, um, and I was telling her dad about it.
0: And it also, to be clear, it wasn't just struggling. It was like habitual. That's why action needed to be taken.
1: Right. Yeah. It wasn't like I stumbled, uh, you know, it was more habitual. It wasn't, I wasn't repenting out of it and I wasn't gaining any ground or having any victory. Um, so I started biblical counseling with her brother down in Texas. And I was talking with their dad on the phone and I was keeping them accountable. And I was, um, working at it in that environment of that old roommate where you know he just played video games and we kind of did our own things and um yeah her dad just offered for me to move because it their also basement. came
0: to a place where my dad told me I had to stop seeing him
1: right yeah I was being honest and I did not want to hurt Emma and I did not want to do anything wrong so I wanted the most counsel I could get so I was communicating with them and he offered me to come live in his basement um, and just have accountability. He said he would get me hooked up with mentors, get me a job. And I loved Emma and knew that I wanted to be with her. And I also hated the sin that I was in and knew that I would do anything to kill it. Um, So I didn't really give it much thought. It wasn't like a difficult situation for me. Like I, I was like, I'm going to move down there. Um, so yeah, it was pretty quickly. I packed up all my stuff and I moved down to, or moved over from Wisconsin to New York and, um, started living with them and working at his used car shop. And, um, yeah, he got me a part of Addiction Victorious and then he had me start a men's group and, um, yeah. So then that's, that's the reason that I moved out and, um, yeah, so I just had a lot of mentor and counsel on that and was able to grow and complete victory of that and I was able to put that behind me. Um,
0: once you got married. What's that? I'll I'll keep talking because I'm going to go into the 3-day fast here soon.
1: Okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Okay, that, so then the so he
0: moved out in February. Uh so I guess just to recap one more time. We met August 30th, 2019, and then we started dating November. Of two thousand nineteen, and then in February of two thousand twenty, Will moved out and moved over to my parents in New York with the plan of me staying at college until the summer, and then we would see where things went from there. But then COVID hit, so two weeks after he moved out to my parents, I had to move home because our college shut down. So I ended up moving um out to the counseling center and staying up in their um housing out there because it was on the same property, um and that was in March, and the Lord just continued to work on both of us, and we both agreed that we don't um, agree with long engagements or long dating. Um, We just believe that that's not how the Lord intended things, Um, so we're like, well, either we shouldn't be seeing each other exclusively, or we should just get married. So, May 7th, Will asked me to be his wife, and I said yes, and um, yeah, things are going super smooth sailing, um, and then about a month later, um, Will was still struggling on and off with um, pornography, and then he had went back into it the first week of June and it kind of was um, like a last straw of a couple of recent things. So we um, took a three-day fast where we did not see each other or talk to each other. We just spent those three, da- those three days in prayer um, over whether or not we should get married that following month um, or if we should wait and see for more victory or um, just kind of all of that we don't need to go into and prolong the conversation, but yeah. Um, Overall, at, at, after the end of the three days, after seeking counsel from family, from my parents, from our pastor, our mentor, or our mentors, um, we decided to move on with the wedding date. Um, and praise the Lord, God has continued to give will victory and mm-hmm. the Lord be glorified for he is a redeemer God and it's been a beautiful journey. Um, so yeah, so two and, a half, two and a half months after we got engaged, we got married on July 25th of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was under a year from when we first met. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we moved pretty quick there. Um, but anyway, so the beginning of marriage was super fun. We went on road trips. We mm-hmm. had an amazing, um, honeymoon. It was just all around grand. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did struggle a lot with our marital roles. Um. But, you know, I'll just kind of start to turn this now over to Will. Um, so when it comes to marital roles and talking about what that's looked like biblically, um, Will, why do you think that we struggled so much in the beginning of our marriage?
1: Um, we struggled a lot in the beginning because I didn't know what it meant to lead as a federal head, being the covenant leader of um, the marriage um because marriage isn't um just a relationship um it isn't just a partnership uh like a business plan um it's a covenant and there's um things that need to be done to uphold the covenant and when scripture talks about the covenant of marriage it compares it to the covenant that Jesus Christ has made with the church and it talks about how Jesus Christ died for the church and sanctified it and um, is in control of it. And I was missing one of those aspects. I was not responsible or in control of where we were going. I had a mixed view on submission, or uh, not submission, servant leadership. Um, I took that too far when it says that Jesus, or when it says husbands should love their wives as Christ loves the church, um, I was thinking to myself, well, Christ died for the church, so I will die for Emma in every decision. And I pretty much gave her a corpse for a husband because I was not standing for anything. So when it came to any decisions, I always asked her. And then she would say, no, what do you want? And I would just... I thought that was like a game and I was still trying to figure out what would please her. And I repeatedly put her in the driver's seat, um, with all of our decisions. Um, just anything, whether it came to, um, like what our weekend plans were, where, what we were going to do, um, just everything. Um, like what, what, movies and entertainment, just all sorts of different topics. I was always wanting Emma to lead and make the decision on everything. And I just stayed quiet and thought I was dying for her, but I was um, inactive as a husband. And when that happens in a marriage, it creates a vacuum to where when a wife feels as though her husband is not leading her, Um, she desires to be led. She desires to have someone direct her and pursue her and, um, guide her to where they're going. Um, and she didn't have that. So she was the one who took up the role and it stressed her out a whole lot, um, it uh, led to Emma having panic attacks and just filled with anxiety, not knowing whether or not to do a thing or not. She wasn't sure of the decisions she was making and she was leading our household in the beginning. Um, I think also the reason, um, that I did that is because I wanted to be <clears throat> like growing out of, um, pornography and, um, wanted to make sure that I was right, and I tried to receive counsel from as many people as I could and tried to have the best understanding on how to conduct myself. So Emma was my accountability partner in a lot of that. Um, And I just put her in control of way more than what was appropriate, and it was very confusing in the beginning. Mm.
0: Yeah, So... That's yeah. So, what then? Um, can you share with us what um our marital role is supposed to look like biblically? You kind of already explained what they're not supposed to like, like. But in short, can you just kind of give us a couple sentences on biblical marriage is supposed to be run this way?
1: So biblical marriage is the husband is the leader in making the decisions. Um, he's the one who has the purpose of where it is to go. When we look at Christ and the church, Christ is not uninvolved with what the church does. It says that Christ is the head of the church and, um, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit are the only thing that actually grow the church. They move the church. He is completely in control of what gets planted, where the labors are, um, You know, he does everything pertaining to the church. Um, And the same is in the household when God has given a husband the blessing of being the head of the household. He is responsible for how much um, income is coming in to bless the family. He's responsible for protecting the family. He's responsible for having a goal for where the family is to go in the future. He's responsible to think long-term as to um, how to take care of his family. Um, And um, he's supposed to be able to put his foot down. Something that was really encouraging to me is um, a woman wants a man who will stand up to her because she knows that he will stand up to others. Mm-hmm. If a man will lay down and roll over every time that a his wife wants to um, compete with his authority or leadership, then she knows that if she can make him submit, then how is he supposed to be um, bold and stand up for her to others who are um, strangers um, and those who... Attack from the outside of the family. Um, mm-hmm. So the husband is supposed to be offensively moving the family forward, offensively pursuing his wife and um, providing for them and loving them. Um,
0: That's really good. Mm-hmm. I think what you said was really good. I think to share really quick, Will was really blunt on the men. Um, which is something we've heard recently where um someone was saying that um though the wife might be guilty, it's always the husband that's responsible. Um, he's responsible for his household. But because the wife is guilty at times, I, I wanna speak on to that, especially from my own experience, that um, you know, wives are um they are to submit, obviously, as scripture says. Um, and I, I even today I, I heard a video from someone saying that Wives aren't supposed to submit. Ephesians 5.21 says that we are sub- we are supposed to submit to each other, but it's actually not talking about the household. It's actually talking about um, the fellowship of believers in that specific verse. Um, but when it starts addressing the household, wives are to submit to their husbands as the church submits to Christ. So where Christ goes, the church goes. Where our husbands go, we go. Um, we listen to, and I've heard some people say, Well, women aren't supposed to obey their husbands. That's only what children do. I understand that in the sense that, yes, children are supposed to obey without arguing. Wives can give input with their husbands. We're made to be their helpmate. That doesn't just mean help them making their food. That means help me in helping decisions, helping giving intuition. We're supposed to be wise. The Proverbs 31 woman is praised because she is wise. She gives instruction. Um, So that's part of our role. But in the end, we do submit to our husbands and we have to, even though it's so hard and it was so very hard for me in the beginning of this reforming of our marriage because we did fall a lot because Will was getting used to leading when I had led for so long but I really needed to remind myself a lot that I need to let Will rise and fall on his own. That might mean I'm going to fall with him, but I need to fall with him. I need to stick with him. Um... So we'll kind of touch into that in a little bit of what this look like for wives to be submissive to your husbands, to um, just even think of, I think it's in uh, 1 Corinthians, I, I don't know, I- I'd have to look it up, but where it says that man was not made for woman, but woman was made for man. We are made to serve our husbands, to love our husbands, to, s- to submit to our husbands, to nurture the household for our husbands. So... I guess I just wanted to put that little two cents in there for the woman who might be listening here.
1: Yeah, and also to talk on that, um, we're not egalitarian where we believe that the men and women have equal opportunity to take or conduct the other's roles. Um, We we believe that we are complementarian where God has given us things Mm -hmm. that women are better at and men are better at and we complement one another mm-hmm. um and we believe that man and woman are completely equal in value and intelligence inheritance and
0: inheritance in heaven
1: Inheritance in all things pertaining to the Lord there is no hierarchy um but when it comes to certain roles Emma has such a better brain for multitasking and doing several things at once. She can rock a baby, stir the food, and talk about um, something that's on her mind all at once, and I can only (laughs) do one of those things well at a time. Um, God has designed us differently for the purposes of complementing one another, and something that a man is designed to do is to lead his household and to think about... What his household is to do and to lead in that.
0: And um, can I say one thing that I have heard actually in messages at churches, which is where husbands are the head of the wives, but every head has a neck; it's the wife who supports him. And the, but and I agree with that in the sense that we support our husbands, but they say that like our husbands wouldn't be able to do anything if if we weren't there, and I feel like that's not a Christ in the church, you know, like
1: yeah the, yeah Christ doesn't need the church yeah you know, like
0: it's beautiful that they have that the, Christ has the church and he loves mm-hmm. the church and he died for the church but it's I guess I just I don't know maybe that's a side note for something else I just kind of came to mind that's always bothered me in that I don't mm-hmm. know it's just we want to create these images for marriages to appease people's comfortability but um Everything else in Scripture is uncomfortable, so why would we want to make marriages a comfortable picture? Like, mm-hmm. it's hard, and everything else that we're called to do in the Christian life is hard, so stop trying to make some comfortable, pretty picture for marriage. You know, paint mm-hmm. it the way Christ did. Okay, so anyways, back to our um, little outline thing that we have here. Um, so, um, in short, Will, can you explain how was leading or how was not leading hard for you? Like, how did that affect you as a man? How did that affect you as a husband, not having headship and submission in its proper place?
1: So being confused as to whether or not I was um, the head of the household and just, I kind of thought that when people say that man's the head of the household, I thought that was just something that was a cliche, but not something that wasn't actually real. I thought it was um you know the woman was actually in control and you know and it just led to a lot of happy
0: wife happy life happy
1: wife happy life um (laughs) just make the wife happy and you'll be at rest you know like and that just comes to lying to your wife a lot Mm. um Mm -hmm. another good piece of advice that I heard from Douglas Wilson is never apologize unless you've done something wrong because there's many marriages that are built on lies where the husband will say the words, I'm sorry, when they haven't done anything wrong. And they're the only apologizing for to appease their wife mm-hmm. just to give her what he thinks she wants. And that's a foundation built on lies. Mm-hmm. And the wife knows she's being lied to because he's not actually sorry because he's going to do it again and again. Um, we're not meant to just coexist. We're meant to be one flesh and working through things and communicating and Mm -hmm. being able to move as a unit paired together. Um, We're not supposed to just, you know, not tear each other's heads off in the same household and take what we need from each other. Like that is not how God designed marriage. Mm -hmm. Marriage is a blessing and a beautiful dynamic that he has put together. Mm -hmm. So when I didn't, to answer your question, before my tangent um <laughs> it made me feel insecure it made me feel unsure of myself it made me feel small um in the way that i did anything around the household it uh, yeah i just it made me very passive and relaxed and or lazy when it came to decision making and p- planning and um you know it just it wasn't good it mm-hmm. it did not make me feel good as a man. it made me feel very incomplete, not being able to fulfill my role you know mm-hmm. um it's like, yeah yeah it it's just the way God made marriage to be, and like um yeah, so it just it didn't make me feel feel good. Um, so Emma I have a question how was not submitting hard on you because just as I wasn't leading Emma wasn't submitting so how was that difficult Mm-mm. for you
0: <laughs> Um, how Will explained earlier Um, when the husband's not leading there is like that vacuum that the woman feels like she needs to fill Um, but that's the temptation we don't need to fill it and I still filled it Um, which made me feel extremely, extremely drained, Um, which just led to all sorts of problems because I was trying to uh, fulfill my womanly roles of, you know, working and then coming to the home, working, dishes, the laundry, you know, the list goes on. The Stuff stuff around the home. So I was doing that, which was um, along in my mental capacity for what the Lord had for me. But then I was also trying to take on this role of being a leader as well. So God did not design women to do that. You know, it's not that it's just that one extra thing that we can't handle. It's like, it's a specific area in the marriage that we're not meant to take on. And I was trying to lead in every area, whether it came to um, Will's um, how much popcorn he ate, what was good for his health, whether or not he worked out. Um, I was trying to lead in, um, things on his phone. What was he accessing? I was, because I was leading in that, I was becoming just, um, engulfed literally every single day and going through history on his phone and checking everything, asking him how he's doing. And that's just not the role of a wife. That 's something that men need to come along men, and um doing that I think made will not take responsibility, mm-hmm. and it made him succumb to more temptations because I was over analyzing every little thing um but so those are kind of some examples, so that left me feeling overly drained, it made me feel not connected to will emotionally. But like Will mentioned earlier, I struggled with anxiety so bad that first year. I know especially the first like six months, literally every single night was spent panicking on the bathroom floor, hyperventilating, sometimes passing out. Like it was ridiculous. And that's not just because Will was not leading. Like ladies, we have to take responsibility before the Lord for our own actions. Even though the vacuum was there, I needed to still submit to the Lord first and say, Lord, I'm going to pray for my husband, but I am not going to step into the leadership role. That's only going to make matters worse. It's not going to help anything. Right? Mm -hmm. Did you say so? Okay. Um, So, yeah, I was struggling a lot with anxiety. I remember, just to kind of fast forward, when we started reforming our marriage and when we started doing roles right, I used to tell Will when I was struggling with like anxiety or panic attacks or arguing – I wasn't hearing voices in my head anymore because when I was leading, I was constantly having the Holy Spirit tell me what to do, but then I was also being like, well, how do I lead us out of this? How do I do this? You know what I mean? And it just, it was overwhelming and very heartbreaking. And actually, I don't don't know if I should say this, but whatever, I'm just going to go for it. But I actually, because my stress levels were so high, like I missed my period for like three months because when I'm... for those ladies, maybe I'm sorry for gentlemen out there, but for those ladies who don't know, when you get so overwhelmed and so stressed, it can affect your body and your hormones in an insane way. Like I was through the roof, not right before the Lord or my husband in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. So we can move on. So Will, what changed in our, what, what brought about a change in our marriage? Um, obviously it was the Lord, but what kind of what means did the Lord use in that? And when did that kind of take place in our marriage?
1: Um, so the means that it started, the Lord started providing. I don't remember the exact beginnings, but I remember what it was. So I don't remember how I started doing, how it began exactly. But I ended up starting to listen to, because um, at the time I was working at a school bus driving job, because that's the job that I had in. During college and I just got a job up here doing that and um I would put in a bluetooth earbud and just listen to different things so at first I was listening to news and just kind of um stuff that wasn't edifying or growing but then I started thinking like I should listen to stuff about masculinity and stuff like that so um I started listening to some Paul Washer sermons on masculinity and body Bakum and I super enjoyed them and I would Listen to them over and over again um and I think that's what it was for a long time sermon audio books or not Mm -hmm. books sermon audio Mm -hmm. it's a website or an app and I do just listen to such wonderful sermons and um yeah I think that's all I did for a long time I listened to the Pilgrim's Progress book and that's just where I started listening to stuff and really enjoying taking in content that was growing me and then um I heard of, the way I heard of Douglas Wilson was someone talked about C.S. Lewis, and then I wanted to listen to a sermon about C.S. Lewis, someone gave a really bad sermon about how Uh um, C.S. Lewis was uh, evil, and how his Narnia books had witchcraft, so... C.S. Lewis probably was a part of the cult and just a bunch of nonsense that pulled from thin air. And I asked my brother-in-law about it, and he was like, I don't think that's correct at all, like one bit. You should listen to Douglas Wilson. He does a really good take on C.S. or C.S. Lewis's books and shows how godly of a man he was. So then I started listening to Douglas Wilson, and I downloaded the app Canon Press, and it's kind of like a Netflix but for audiobooks um so there's not much to watch on there it's mainly all audiobooks and then I started diving into his books and I've that been That was lis-
0: at the end of 2021.
1: Okay, yeah. And I've been listening to that for um a little more than half a year. Mm-hmm. And that's been huge fundamental for me because he's got stuff on He's got a book called Reforming Marriage. He's got one on federal head. He's got one on all sorts of masculinity stuff. Um, It's Good to Be a Man by Michael Foster. So I've been listening and just taking in a lot of edification on what it means to be a godly man, what it means to be the covenant head of the household, what it means to take responsibility and to nurture and provide and protect and love and lead your family in righteousness because we're not just those who bring home the bacon like a man is to be the priest of the household Mm. you know he's supposed to be the sword of the household and conduct discipline to his children the man is supposed to be the one who teaches the children Um, I'm sure when we start homeschooling Emma will do a majority of the teaching but a man has to be just as involved with the teaching and what the kids are learning and talking to the kids about it Um, a man is so important in so many different areas in, um, leading his household and taking care of it and growing it that it's just really been encouraging to me and teaching me what it means to be a godly man. And me and Emma have been trying to implement these things. And when I, we first started trying to implement them was right when Emma was getting really close to having a baby.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I so was, we like, started I remember literally telling Will I'm like, Maybe we should try and change your marriage after we have a baby <laughs> because I mean I was like in my third trimester and I was all over the place. Emma's
1: Yeah, Emma's like struggling just to breathe, breathe <laughs> just to exist. <laughs> and I'm saying, Hey, what do you think about changing out the engine and completely doing a whole new thing for marriage? <laughs> you know, where I'm you know so we started doing it slowly. We didn't make radical changes. There were things that, like, I started leading in more. And, um, yeah, I, I and, we, and we've just been working our way towards it. And we definitely haven't arrived. Mm-mm. Um, we definitely haven't arrived, but we hope that this can be a blessing as we grow. Mm-hmm. We can encourage um, other people to grow. Um, just with the recent growth and understanding I hope that um the way we can talk about it will be helpful considering that we are growing in it currently and Mm -hmm. um taking steps
0: yeah so what's one area do you think that you could grow in your leadership well can you just think of one right now um
1: there's been often on when it comes to devotions I've been me and emma have been faithful to pray with one another each night and each morning and um, that has been incredible blessing to our marriage um i don't know if we were ever encouraged to do that by someone but we've been doing it since the beginning once a night praying with one another and that i would advise first most out of anything that me and emma do in our marriage to help um The verse that says, do not let the sun go down in your anger. Um, When you come before the Lord and give thanks to him before you laid your head down to sleep and talk to the Lord and thank him for your day and ask for blessings for tomorrow with your wife. Each night, it really brings about peace Mm -hmm. and helps you work things out. Um, Me and Emma don't feel comfortable praying to the Lord unless we have settled all disputes.
0: I don't feel um, comfortable going to bed unless we pray because it's been such a habit now. So
1: it's... Yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah, so that's been an incredible blessing. So that's something we've been doing, but as far as devotions, I want to be doing a bit better with that. Um, and then um, me and Emma have been growing in learning about the Sabbath and what that means, mm-hmm. and I want to be growing and being more intentional on Saturdays um, because I think I've been taking a sabbath for saturday and sunday and i've been just resting all saturday more than i think i should and i think i just need to get up and start moving and get a better plan for the day um yeah it was like two weekends ago me and emma just rested all saturday and we got so bored that we just started getting irritated with each other (laughs) like we were we got a song stuck in our head and we just kept singing it and i got really irritated (laughs) Mm -hmm. but um yeah, so that, that's how I could be growing in my leadership. So, Emma, the same question for you. What are some ways that you can grow in submission?
0: Um, I would say for right now, um, James 1, I think it's 17 or James one nineteen, where it says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I think recently I've been very um, – I think especially because you've been growing in your leadership – you're very blunt and I get offended really easily now and I shut down pretty fast and I'm quick to be angry because I'm just not used to your bluntness and but I think it's healthy I don't think you're being rude all of the time (laughs) maybe sometimes but um I don't think you're being rude all the time. I think you're just being a man and I think I need to appreciate that more. I think I need to be quick to listen to what you have to tell me as your wife and I need to be slow to speak and I need to be slow to be angry with you and I think that would help a lot in our arguments as of late. Mm-hmm. So, Will, as we are, I guess we kind of already touched on this, but we can just say something quick on it because I know we're running out of time here, but as we are growing in headship and submission, how has this been a blessing for you, Will? Will?
1: It's helped me feel confident as a man knowing that that we're conducting our marriage how God intended. Mm -hmm. Um, When things work the way that they're intended, they work better, more efficiently. And it Mm -hmm. just brings about more joy when things work the way that they were intended to do. Um, Instead of going contrary to nature from the relativistic culture that we live in, Me and Emma have been reforming our marriage back to what the scripture says about it and what it means to um, move as a unit and to just complement each other in our God-given roles. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's just been a huge blessing in me knowing and having confidence and hope for our future, knowing Mm -hmm. that um, we have a big step coming up here um, in September where we're planning on moving to Texas, um, which is going to be a big reset on everything that me and Emma are doing. And I just feel confident in doing so because I know the Lord has led and grown us to be better, um, just in our God-given roles that we can conduct our marriage. And, um, I just feel safer in the way that we have it laid out now. And I just look forward to it with eagerness for what the Lord has to teach us in that time. Mm -hmm. I know that he has grown us in so many things and so many um, details. And um, I look forward to the future growth in this next step. So it's just given me the blessing that it's been for me is it's given me a lot of confidence, security, and just excitement for the future. So, Emma, how has growing in submission been a blessing for you?
0: More peaceful. I don't feel as anxious. I feel more complete in my role. I feel more focused in my role. Um, I feel protected. That's a huge one. I feel protected. I feel like I don't need to fight off outsiders. I feel like I can just fall into your submission of what you say goes. Um, I feel like it has made me feel more loved by you. Um, it's improved our intimacy a lot I feel mm-hmm. it's been a huge blessing um, yeah overall I it's definitely made me feel closer to the Lord as well I feel like because I'm obeying the Lord and submitting to you it's deepened my fellowship with him mm-hmm. so.
1: so for closing thoughts to give a challenge um, to the listeners and those who are coming along with us um just how you can grow in your marriages and
0: again not that we've perfected anything but something that's something's helped us along the way
1: right yeah something that's incredibly helped us is um marriages in america are struggling and they're in out of any time that it's been in America. Marriages have never been at their worst when it comes to the mixed views on things. So if you want to know the wrong ways to go about marriage, you wanna take the consensus of the general population and you will get a very distorted, mixed up, toxic way of conducting marriage. Um, It's said that a nation that is filled with medicine isn't a healthy nation but it's a very sick nation because it has an abundance of medicine. Just as a ma- uh, a nation that is filled with marriage counseling books is not a healthy one, but it's a very sick marriage one. And there is hundreds of thousands of marriage books that have been written and published and brought out and this over here and this over there on different things to bring about growth in your marriage. And I would encourage those people to, or the listeners, to listen to one that's sound and Mm -hmm. can be a blessing. Not about you. Yeah. about
0: holiness and godliness.
1: Yeah, something that comes from um, someone that reveres the Lord and has a standing growth in ministry. Not something that, um, you know, just something that comes from a good source. Mm -hmm. And me and Emma haven't met, read many marriage books, so we would just encourage books written by Nancy Wilson, Doug Wilson, and...
0: Specifically Reforming Marriage or Federal Head.
1: Yeah, so there's a book called Reforming Marriage by Douglas Wilson. We strongly encourage that one. That brought about great growth for us. Um, the Federal Head book by Douglas Wilson is another one. Um, or going to Sermon Audio. It's a free app. Typing in Paul Washer and Masculinity. And he has several sermons where he talks very clearly about what it means to be a man. Um, very unapologetically. So I would encourage those things for study. But for practical things in the household. It would be to, um, for the man to start leading in devotions. And being the priest of the household. Mm-hmm. Um, and growing in the Lord. Um, C.S. Lewis in his book That Hideous Strength, he talks about how as the characters grow closer to the Lord they grow in their natural God-given gender roles so a man Mm -hmm. is only able to be a man as he gets closer to the Lord and a woman is only able to be a woman as she gets closer to the Lord Mm -hmm. Um, since God is the author and creator of all um, in order for us to be the right representatives that he has called us to be as man and woman, we need to be close to him and have his Holy Spirit teaching and leading us in that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something we can conduct through human tradition or human wisdom, but we need to go to the source of who made us man, who made us woman, mm-hmm. and only he will truly bring about true masculinity and true femininity that glorifies God and glorifies his, your family. Mm -hmm. and from the families the nation will be affected Mm -hmm. it starts in the household and it leads to communities and it changes the world so our families are important and we just hope that this is a blessing for those who listen as it is for us um i think that's my best closing thoughts for this one
0: Mm, that's really good
1: so do you want to give a conclusion on this
0: Cap it off, um, tie it in a bow. Is super good, honey. <laughs> um, I think my thoughts would be um, get involved with the local church. Um, like actually get involved. Don't just go to church or go to Sunday school. Like actually be involved with relationships within the church. I think that was huge for us. Um, I would also um, for the women out there. How he kind of gave a point for the men. For the woman, I would just say, get on your knees every day in prayer. Um, It was not easy to to submit to will in the beginning, and it's still not easy on those days when I'm struggling. um, It's easier to submit to my husband when I'm submitting to God first, and you just really need to be found in worship before the Lord. Um, Yeah, I think that's about it. Mm -hmm. We hope that this was a blessing to y'all, and... Um we're really glad that you guys came to listen and even if nobody's listening we had a lot of fun. <laughs> I know I had a lot of fun laughing and smiling at Will. <laughs> uh-huh. So, we had fun. We're glad we came. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, go ahead um like this. You guys can subscribe. I mean, we're probably going to do some more here cuz this was a lot of fun. Um and then comment down below um what your guys' thoughts were. Um, maybe share with us your testimony. I know I've loved reading those in the past on my um, Instagram page. Also, for those of you guys who um, want to be more updated with what's going on in our life, um, I keep every day updated on Instagram. It's under Christ Loving Wife. Um, And then, yeah, but yeah, go ahead and comment anything you guys would maybe like us to talk about in the future. Mm -hmm. But we hope you all have a good day.
1: We hope this was a blessing.
0: (laughs) Intended for you. (laughs) Okay, bye.